0: My guests are diverse. Their stories are moving, outrageous and empowering, who have not only acted on their beliefs, but achieving great things and whose voices are sweeping across our nation. I'm excited for you to join me at Loud Passions and meet passionate people who are dedicated, conscious creatives, fighting for their purpose and who love this planet. Welcome to Loud Passion with me, your host, Susanna Galan. My first guest is undeniably one of the most elevating, inspirational, and charismatic people to step into my world. He's a West Point graduate, an Oxford scholar, and combat veteran who served as a tank platoon leader in the deadly and pivotal Battle of Ramadi. He earned a Bronze Star Medal, Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal, and Combat V. His journey from combat to sattva yoga is the embodiment of super strength and endurance. Like everything he undertakes, his leadership influence is already making a mark in the private sector and business. He's on a mission towards the positive transformation of human consciousness. He doesn't just chase dreams, he sets new limits. Welcome my good friend, Jason Mulligan.
1: Thank you so much, Susanna. It is truly a pleasure to be here with you.
0: And listen, it's my first podcast. So you get to launch with me as my guest on my very first podcast.
1: How exciting. I am truly honored to be your first guest. Thank you. Yeah,
0: I think it's, I've spent enough time in COVID and I thought, A, it's a great and wonderful creative outlet. And I'm sure you've been feeling that too, that most of us have felt this need to find other ways to communicate out. And like most of my career is very private. And I do, do public work, but this um, is my way of getting some of the best people I know who not only use and understand instinctual, intuitive practice, but really work, really have incredible stories to share. And I'm so happy to have you on today. So thank you for being my first guest.
1: Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: So, Jason Knight, let's start with you because you've got the most incredible resume. I work with actors obviously Hollywood. And I've worked with a lot of actors who played your role or similar roles. And it's a wonderful feeling. And I'm sure they feel it too, when they actually meet the real heroes that are really on the ground. Let me ask you this. Could you ever imagine that a war veteran like yourself would immerse yourself into sattva yoga?
1: I think so, because really, my story started on the battlefield. And that was the first time that I sensed on on cue here intuitively that yoga would be a powerful practice in my life. And so I think that I wouldn't say it's a natural progression, but that it's possible, especially for people who are seeking a deeper internal connection and that are looking for proven practices of self-mastery. And I think that does appeal to a number of service members in the military and first responders and people who are already in a position to need to be fully aware and increasing awareness. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: You're so right, Jason, because I worked with a couple of first responders who called, who were absolutely desperate to find a way out or find hope or find something that would take them out of, it felt like an stop train that would was out of control, you know what I mean? Or you're on a plane that will never land. So for someone like you, how do you, have you worked with uh, first responders or how have you worked with people that need connection uh, through this time period?
1: So far, a lot of my work and exploration and inquiry has really been with within my circle so classmates from West Point and other soldiers that I've served with and really just being in tune with the reality that a lot of veterans are experiencing and I think most people who have been paying attention know that it's been really mixed and it's this dichotomy where never before has there been more services and programs and nonprofits and other charities, but also never before have we had the kind of crises that we experience today. And so I think there's so many ways to break this down and understand it. I think some of the simpler ones, and at least the one I can speak to most authentically, is of course my own experience. But I think what is a little bit unique about mine Particularly, and and many share this, but that almost all of my active duty time was spent overseas, primarily in Germany, with, of course, a deployment to the Battle of Ramadi. And what was interesting about that is my real mirror didn't show up to indicate how I was doing psychologically and just in general until I returned to the United States after about six years abroad. And the reason I'm mentioning that is this is not an easy culture and society to come back to. Of course, there's, right. you know, especially at this time in 2011, yellow ribbons everywhere, and there's everyone's thanking you for your service. But what's really difficult to, it's difficult to find connection because there's this abyss between what people are saying in this general gratitude for military, but this profound disconnect between being a, you know, voting representative of the United States, a, a taxpayer, and not having a connection to where our military is operating, how they're operating, what we're doing, most people don't make the connection that we didn't win in Afghanistan or Iraq. We've had we had won some battles, and right. and that's something I participated in to experience a major a major victory in in circumstances that were stacked against us. But I think coming back, it's just it's really about finding internal connection and you mentioned touch i the, where touch became important for me was when i eventually found integral therapy where somatic experiencing and somatic touch was a part of that particularly neuroeffective touch if anyone is listening who hasn't who does not have nourishing touch in their life that is a great place to start because of how safe proven and effective it is again it's called neuroeffective touch and that's a way to start developing an internal connection through the sensory experience of touch.
0: Don't but don't you think and my heart goes out to the veterans because it's still ongoing that you you feel desensitized and in today's world so many of us are desensitized now and out of touch. So many of us are experiencing what you might have felt in 2011 meaning some of our businesses have ended. Some of our families have broken up. Some people have lost people. It's a really interesting time period where the very things that probably inspired you to move forward are happening to so many of us here in the United States.
1: Yes, for me, it took embracing the discomfort. And the discomfort for me really came from a tremendous amount of self-imposed pressure. I think some of that is societal some of it is just having come from the extremely privileged and prestigious institutions that i was able to study at and i just had high expectations and what i didn't realize was i needed to get simpler than that and really get into my values and guiding principles because i put all this pressure on myself right But I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at that point, not realizing that what I needed to do was start bringing in self-nurturing and self-care and taking care of myself and, and really, to put it very simply, get help, ask for help, build connection to start to create what has happened for me so fortunately over the last nine or so years is strengthening my inner environment, finding practices that help me be able to keep a cool head and calm mind no matter what happens in the external world around me and that's what i found on the yoga path is a, a set of practices towards mastering my attention and mastering my energy which is another way of being able to say enjoying the moment and having a great moment and i i love the way my teacher puts this he says everybody wants a great life but They don't want to take the time to just have a great moment and be able to find a way to stay present for right now and truly enjoy it in an embodied way, not in a quick picture and post on social media. And exactly. Exactly.
0: No, I agree. And we're going to, I know we're going to talk about your breath work in a minute, but I wanted to ask you something because you touched on the word nurturing, especially with vets you're working with and men in general in the business sector. And women, the thing that I noticed is that when you're looking, this is what I'm going to ask you, which I found really interesting is that men, sorry, take a pause. Men hold most of the world's power and wealth. So they often neglect those parts that create balance in themselves. So. What are the blind spots that prevent men from integrating the feminine? Like when you're working with vets or when you're working with men in general, how important, because you've said it's so important to you to experience nurture. So the really it's a two-fold question. One is to ask you, you must have had or experienced nurture to grasp it that easily or what was your journey towards that? And how do you teach or how do you help vets or men in general, understand the power and the value of integrating or the nurture, finding the feminine?
1: I think we're starting to see a shift. But for me, it started with reaching out to healers in my local community. And the first person who really held the mirror up, and it, it was through a number of written and verbal exercises, where it became really apparent this was actually for a financial guidance and understanding my psychological relationship to money and finances. But within that exercise, it was so apparent that I was uber masculine in, in many of my approaches, and especially how hard I was on myself. And right. I've been a competitive crossfitter, combat veteran, all these things that were super alpha male, but I wasn't doing anything to like actually build a bridge to my heart and lead from my heart, which is right. when I'm doing that, that's when I'm me. that's when I'm fully in my essence. And so from that exercise, I started to bring in gentler practices. And I even had a yoga teacher training certification by that point, but I wasn't really living it in a way where I was coming from my heart. And so some of the things, I think one of the simplest things that guys can do is first of all, consider where, what are they doing to take care of themselves? And what can they start to bring into their life? One of the simplest things I do for this is a tea practice. It's so calming. And now now I'm talking about... Really?
0: What kind of tea? Obviously not British tea. You could get the whole of England working on that one. But what are we looking at for a tea practice? Just give me an idea.
1: Yeah, I'm going to plug my source here. And it's, an amazing company out of Colorado called Living Tea, livingtea.net and they source organic, wild crafted, old growth sourced teas from Yunnan Peninsula, China and they're incredible. It's an entirely different experience than grabbing a bag of black tea and, you know, just throwing it in a mug and having a big cup. Totally different experience and doesn't take a lot of time, can be between, you know, 10 minutes and an hour depending on what you have available, but it's more of a grounded, calming, mindful way of quite literally bringing nature into your body and having a way to calm
0: down. I think it's a- Oh, that is so important. That is so essential. It is.
1: I think it's essential for everyone to have a practice. This particular practice appeals to me because I wanted to fully get off of drinking coffee, and this was a great replacement because of its subtlety and there's still with some of the, especially some of the pu'er teas and other black teas, there's a little bit of caffeine, but it's a very gentle, subtle rise. And I find it's an excellent preparation for meditation and getting into deeper states of concentration. And so it has become for me, especially in the last year during COVID, a regular practice, a daily practice, in fact. So I think that, and, and I learned of it. Actually, interestingly, through a podcast about eight years ago or so, as a way, if you're having trouble just sitting and following your breath or whatever mode of meditation you may have learned, if that's a challenge, holding a warm bowl of tea and the aromas and this connection that starts to build with yourself. Like you can't help but start to reflect on things in that experience because you're slowing down. And that's the key. You're not creating your to-do list. You're not stressing about- Yeah, creating. exactly.
0: But you're also aware of your space. Like without, exactly. You're more centered, you're more focused and you're uh, more intimate with your space. So it, and I think it's a wonderful way to bring something that you love into the present in your space
1: that's really insightful because slowly aesthetics become important and mm. how you arrange your space and you might start to prepare with a particular incense in the tea community that i'm a part of we use aloes wood which is i think a portal into just a deep inner dimension it's if you have never tried a high quality aloes wood incense please do and you'll be thankful you did But I think that's right on cue. And that's more of the point is that starting a practice that you can commit to and do daily. That really is the key is the consistency. It really doesn't matter what it is. If you're doing it here and there. Yeah, I was about to ask you.
0: Yeah, If you're not into tea, maybe there's another creative outlet that allows you to I think any of the gentler, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think any of the gentler phys- physical practices, one of the things I love about the type of yoga I practice, which is sattva yoga, is that it is so broad and deep in, the, in its offerings where I can quickly program a class that's way more yin, a class that uses laya movements that are really soft and gentle, or I'll do they're very similar to there's Tai Chi movement or Qigong. Mm-hmm. All of those are great, but honestly, just sitting outside, if you have a beautiful you know, area nearby, a park, your backyard, any of that, just going out and noticing, not looking at your phone, paying attention to whatever season you're in, whatever time of day, pay attention to the aromas, what's happening, what's the position of the sun, get curious and just start to notice. I think it's things like that, that simple. Another right. one I love that I'd like to share, too, because it was it's so much fun to get into, is birding and, and bird watching. There's so many great apps that help you feel oh, right. like what you're doing and being able to identify birds wherever you are. If you're traveling, it's such a cool way to connect. Well,
0: it's funny you should bring that up because most people, like, I live in a big apartment, so we have this very large garden that no one goes in. So just a very few of us go in who have dogs. And because I had a moment to myself, I could take a mask off and it was an unbelievable feeling to have the wind on my face and have the freedom to just stand there in nature and be in a way and notice birds. I think people are, there are a lot of people now looking at birds and the things around them because they've been house, So they're looking for things they can in a way, be proactive where it's safe. So it's an interesting thing you bring up birds because some of the people I know are doing that that I never would believe would do that. Uh, so it's it so really get,
1: is fun. Yeah. So, and we, yeah.
0: So the thing that I want uh, to share, and I'll be putting all this for anyone who's listening who wants to do tea, learn more about the tea disciplines and the rituals into the uh, podcast notes. Talk to me about the breath because. For me, if you can breathe and you can, as someone who's highly intuitive, that's my the whole thing that I'm always working on. To me, you have intuition as a bridge between the soul and our thoughts and sensations. I think Paramahansa has a quote that really says it better. But it has a relationship with the soul. And when you're breathing, when you can get into a really calm, cohesive, centered breathing... I feel we can get insights or we can feel the heartbeat of our purpose. And we often so long to know what is our purpose. And this is where I think intuition grows when we're breathing, when we're doing those practices. So tell me, is that something you noticed? And is that something that you encourage or you've heard people say to you that they're more aware, more insightful? And tell me more about your breathing techniques.
1: Absolutely. I'd love to. And thanks for asking and giving me a chance to share it. For oh, me, no. it started with noticing how poor my breathing habits were. And this was around the time where I noticed that I needed to raise a hand and get some help and get some tools because I struggled to regulate my stress levels and my responses to stress. And and a really simple one is I started noticing that when I was reading emails, I'd be holding my breath. And I was like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Metaphorically speaking, it was like my the continuation for me of a lot of my military experiences was to brace myself for some type of tragic event to show up in my life. And it was really about getting an assessment of how bad my breathing was and how powerful a a breathing regimen could be. And the gateway for me was the art of living. And it was just a consultant who had come into one of the companies that I had been working for at the time. And I sat in this 20-minute intro and I noticed a subtle but powerful shift after doing a really simple, I think it was just a three-part breath, inhale, hold, exhale, I took the cue. There is something here. I want to learn more. Right. And then I did their weekend program. From that, did a 200-hour teacher training. It really didn't start to integrate for me until I traveled to Rishikesh, India and got to practice at the Sattva Yoga Center. And that's where the power of Kriya, Pranayama, Himalayan Kundalini Yoga gifted me. I, I had full-on transcendental experience From this type of breathing and it was a cosmic consciousness moment and so for those who are maybe not open to that pathway I don't know why you wouldn't because it's the greatest experience some of the greatest experiences of my life that's where no I didn't need to read another research paper on why having a meditation or a breathwork practice could be helpful I didn't care it was experience based that this is a key to unlimited expansion to a, of approaching life and expressing yourself in life and creating a quality of life because it's about mastering your attention, mastering your breath, and using these tools to build your capacity for life. That's what Kriya is about. It's about building capacity for evolution, for change. And oh my God, are they powerful. And that's what you read in Autobiography of a Yogi. How many yeah, times do you go back yeah. to- yeah. Kriya yoga and these ancient Himalayan texts. That's the
0: whole uh, basis of self-realization. Is constantly talking about breath. And, you know, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, a global spiritual teacher and pioneer of global mindfulness, he's got this quote, so I thought I'd share it with you because I think not only would you appreciate it, but you could probably add something to it in the sense of either identifying or um, telling a, a very short story for yourself. He says, breath as a foundation. Our breathing is a stable, solid ground that we can take refuge in. No matter what is going on inside us, thoughts, emotions, or perceptions, our breathing is always with us, like a faithful friend. Whenever we are carried away by our thinking, when we are overwhelmed by strong emotions, or when our minds are restless and dispersed, we can return to our breathing. And I just thought that was beautiful because I never thought of my breath as my faithful friend.
1: Such a beautiful line. Yeah, so and powerful. I thought
0: you would, because you're on a like-minded path somewhere with him, I thought you would appreciate that in the sense of this is someone who's been doing it for a long time, who sees it as a faithful friend. And I think to some degree that is probably where you're trying to reach people to integrate with their breathing so that it remains part of, a part of them, is that... Tell me more about how what are some of the obstacles and one of the, some of the ways you are able to really help people understand the power of breathing.
1: Yeah, I think the very clear obstacle is the mind and it's our resistance to really changing and to really investing in our own personal evolution. And that's exactly where consistent daily practice matters and it's a requirement to actually benefit from the power of breath work and breathing. And I think I want to be clear here too, that it's not really about just, okay, I'm going to take you know, five minutes and take a few deep breaths. That's
0: exactly. Great. That's right. Making, exactly. Yeah.
1: If you're making time to do that, good on you. If you're doing it sincerely, I, I guarantee that five minutes is going to turn to 30 consistently. If you're showing up with your full heart and your, your attitude is oriented towards I really care and I really want to experience a personal shift and a personal expansion. I think you know, one thing you said when you were saying the, the quote I thought about the this reality that we come into this world with a single breath in and we leave with a single breath out and really in the grand scheme for this physical experience, it's a snap. It's a flash and it's wow, the suddenness of all that. And it's what I think about in that is you might as well take some time and enjoy it and sit down and get a set of tools to go deep within and really fortify and strengthen your inner environment. I think that's what a breathwork practice does. And it's a way to shift out of all of the energy from whatever tech connection you have of social media or work if you're a corporate person or just the daily distractions of being alive in the 21st century we need inner strength we need a way to guard ourselves from all of the different bombardments coming at us and it's also a way to say i have agency over where my attention goes and i'm going to put my attention on what really matters to my not to what all these other right. things are
0: saying matter, and in hindsight, it takes a little while to come out of the "What's in it for me?" or "I'll do it. I'll do it for a minute." Or will it make me more intuitive? Will I know who I'm dating. Will I get more of a, an idea on who's reading the? But I think it's stronger than that. That's what you're saying. If you truly do the practices, and I know you have them on, you have videos, and again, I'll put them in the the notes on the podcast for people to link to with you. It really does, over time, quieten the noise. The mind is, it's almost a weird thing. It's like the mind goes quiet. And I wrote down something, because this is the best way to explain it for me. Like normally, without me realizing, like me like everyone else, my mind's on overflow. But when I'm calm and I've done the breath work that you've so beautifully taught me, It's like being in an overflow and empty at the same time. (laughs) I'm so calm. I'm totally unaware. My mind is still.
1: Oh, that's such a, I love hearing that recap because that's exactly it. Fill up on what matters. Yeah. Get strong inside and empty out the garbage. If you're in your mind, it's probably not good. The way that our minds work, we're going to find a problem. We're going to create a problem. If you have a way to shift out of that, and this is where I think the somatic language is really important in practices, to embody who you really are, right? And and to make connection to your entire body and being, that's so powerful. And coming from, that's also obviously a significant part of a yoga practice is the physical practice, but it's just one part. For, the, for yoga, it's not putting your leg behind your ear, it's doing a, a, the science of self-mastery and having some physical strengthening practice as well. Of course, the vinyasa right. atta, or asana, whatever you're doing for the movement, awesome. Keep doing that. But I think it's it's really so much more important to be able to connect to what's really alive inside of you. And I think doing that through a, a dedicated daily, ideally twice daily Uh, meditation or breathwork practice as is a golden small key, a key to a big kingdom.
0: So uh, this is how I would define the importance of the breath and meditation and, and slowly embracing it very gently so that it really does become an everyday, just becomes a natural discipline that I felt as I have been doing it, I felt more purposeful in some of the things that I was pursuing. And rather than looking at what's my bigger purpose, which felt so vague and broad, I was naturally attracted and intuitively attracted to things that made me feel purposeful. And that was something I hadn't thought about, the difference between taking an action that makes me feel purposeful or just doing something purposeful versus the bigger picture purpose. And I'm sure you come across... That with veterans and especially in business now in the private sector where there's unprecarious markets. So I think the most profound thing I can ask you to share is what is your, how has it helped you be to reach more, uh, like how have you intuitively followed your um, own instincts to create more purposeful, a more purposeful reach or a more purposeful action? towards something that naturally feels really empowering for you?
1: Yeah, it's, well, it's been a clear unfolding, especially as I've traveled this path from moving from a a highly disciplined life where there was much more intense physical fitness and shifting into an intense self-mastery practice. And that pathway really was one from discipline to
0: devotion. I think. It then yes, absolutely, absolutely.
1: What I have done now and and most currently is with the practices that are so internalized within me now and have been so powerful, transform my family life. My my wife practices daily. My kids know so many of these tools and techniques that is Uh, so cool it is so cool because it's changed the entire feeling and atmosphere of our home and your eco
0: yeah your ecosystem your family energy it's
1: it's high vibrating high and the the thing I want to say is it's I have this impulse to share because I know for anyone seeking or wanting help or support there are so many great teachers out there and I just put a very open, friendly invitation out weekly in my workplace for anyone who wants to join to come on. And in fact, just this morning, I had a group, all men, really cool, uh, all middle age, actually all of the middle aged <laughs> on there. And it is so beautiful to see these guys taking time and like checking in and starting to build a bridge from their you know, uh, uh, focused outside of them, daily stresses and whatever it is they have going on in in their worlds at that point to connecting inside and to finding some bridge between their mind and their heart. And I think that happens through this breath work. I also talk openly about it as a preparation for prayer. I think so many of the techniques that I shared this morning, I shared right after was saying, guys, and because I, I know them, of course, and I'm comfortable saying that. But it's the kriyas and pranayama are perfect preparations for going into deeper what I call and have learned to call silent witnessing, or if you're going right. into a place of prayer, where
0: where you're going you know, within,
1: going within and really feeling mm-hmm. gratitude, embodying gratitude and gratefulness. I think that happens when you're in a devotional place and realizing how. That can say for myself how much beauty I'm surrounded by and, and cultivating in my life. Because that's what I want. That's the experience I want to have here. It's not...
0: And yeah, and, and, it, and exactly. Yeah. And It goes back to nurture that even if you're on your own, you can find a deep appreciation and bond with the land. You can find a connection with an animal, a pet, which is profound, where you can see beauty and appreciation. And especially now when our world is set up with a polarity of disdain, hate crimes, sadness, death, loss, and so very little from journalists or TV shows. And I I have very good journalist friends. It's not, I'm not criticizing them. It's just, it's not what, there's no program out there or very little out there to encourage people to take a minute of their day or help them with practices, simple practices, to even get back out to normal living again under these circumstances. So the more we encourage beauty, the more we encourage um, and find those spaces, like joining groups like yours. And I'm sure you're a resource. And again, people can find all your information in the show's notes. I'm sure balancing your life like that is probably more essential than ever because I don't know how you will ever feel purpose or purposeful in anything you do without it, because nothing's really being set up right now to honor that. And I totally think you'd agree with me on that, wouldn't you?
1: hundred percent. And it, it's about agency. It's about taking responsibility. And I think about it, of course, it's so obvious of how what you put in your body leads to very clear health outcomes it's the same thing with where you put your attention. What's the quality of the the object of your attention or the objects of your attention? And if you're consuming pop, sensational media every day or clickbait and just how sensationalized do you want to get it? How crazy do you want to get it? It's all there. There's no limit to it, right? So it's like at some point you have to be willing to say, okay, no more. Like garbage in, garbage out. I, I don't want to have... This internal environment of trauma, drama, stress, shootings, all this stuff. It's no, we can shift out of this, but it really starts with you. You have to make a choice. I think it's
0: right. And and if you are going out and because I have people very compelled to who are activists, and I totally support that. It's even more important to integrate it. Find a pocket in your day, even in your week. Otherwise, I think you equally end up down a rabbit hole or very bitter at the end. I don't think we can sustain mindset for too long.
1: It can be a purposeful trap, I think, as well, Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you have this cause. I follow the environmental movement closely and contribute and participate to an environmental group. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed, especially with our current climate situation and the health of the Earth. But I think it's still important to be aware, right? We're not just, we're not like, I'm not advocating by any means to disengage from the reality of our of life on earth right now. But what I am saying is it is crucial. You're not helpful to the rest of the world if you're in the mindset and of, oh my gosh, look how bad everything is and it's just getting worse. You're not going to be useful to anybody. So to be an agent of change, you have to be different. You have to think differently. Find new solutions. I think the only way you do that is by strengthening your internal environment. Right. That only starts from having a disciplined practice and to enriching your inner world. If you don't have an inner world, you're going to latch on to an external world, which is going to fail you at some point. If it hasn't already, it will. So it's like you got to connect in into who you really are.
0: Right. So I... Completely agree. And I think it's a good place to start with a ritual, even if it's not a tea practice, finding something very sweet and very calming. And you and I might come up with some thoughts about what else people could do, and I'll make add it for people to look at. Or, But I want to ask you now, because we're coming to a close, and it's been such a pleasure to have you on, I can't tell you. I feel like I've just gone through a whole journey from India, Iraq, to ritual tea making too. really talking about breath and the importance of breath. Do you, have, you said that you had something special that you wanted to give my listeners. I'd love you to share it with me.
1: Yeah, there, there are a number of really simple breath practices out there. And one that I particularly like is just a simple three, nine, six breath. You're inhaling through the nose in a controlled way for a three second count. You're holding that breath in for a nine-second count, and you're exhaling for a six-second count, three, nine, six, all through the nose as you're inhaling your lower belly, your sternum, your upper chest is filling up, and close your eyes. Just close down. That's a very simple three-part breath, and the longer exhale than the inhale physiologically will allow you to calm down. After less than a minute, you'll start to notice your downshift. So that's a great breath if you have an excited, excitable nervous system, you're wired, and you maybe have caffeine in your system, you got to chill out. Yeah, three, nine, six breath. It's a great, I encourage that for everybody. And if even if you have a meditation practice, that's a great one. And it's so simple. It doesn't need to be fancy. There's so much out there. But that's a really good one early in the day, middle of the day to chill out or just I love going back to that.
0: As a, uh, do you have a video, or would you like to make a video for listeners for any time intuition? Yeah. Maybe just to show a minute, or so they can at least follow you.
1: More than happy to. I'd be delighted to post that up.
0: And, oh, do and yeah. then yeah. there's yeah. some awesome pictures of you. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, in the middle of an oasis. And where was that again? Where was that taken?
1: That was up at a beautiful spot of along the Yuba River with. A Mm -hmm. gifted photographer who of course you saw those photos but yeah that's up in Nevada County in Northern California
0: it's stunning so we'll be posting that on Instagram I'm sure you will too and where can people follow you on Instagram yeah
1: so I'm at the Jason Mulligan J-A-S-O-N-M-U-L-I-G-A-N and that is where I'm starting to share all of this training that's been transformational in my life
0: Exactly. And I know you've been very private and now you're taking it more mainstream. And I think that's an incredible honor for everyone to experience. And listen, it's an honor to have you on the show, my spiritual warrior friend. And until next time, thanks for being my first guest on Anytime Intuition.
1: I'm so thrilled to have that honor and privilege. So thank you, Susanna, so much. I I love speaking with you and being in your presence. Yeah, Thank
0: thank you. I always want to thank my guests for the extraordinary work they create and share with us. If you're looking to turn up your passion with love and career, I would love to hear from you. You can find me at suzannagalan.com. So join me next time at Loud Passions, where power and passion are waiting just to inspire you.